0: This is Rossi, better known as Chef Rossi, and welcome once again to Raging and Eating. Wow, we've had a crazy week here in the USA. Speaking of raging, not necessarily eating. And I think all of us are kind of in shock. So here we are, just a few days after New Year's, well I guess the week after New Year's really, and the world's feeling very topsy-turvy. We've all seen some things on the news that we're kind of shocked and horrified by. And I'm drinking tea because I'm feeling elderly from all that shocking and horrifying stuff we've been seeing on the news. And so, that kind of did it didn't really leave me wanting to talk so much about food. But then... And then I started thinking more about it and I said, well, you know, we all need some healing and the best way to heal is to nourish and to love. So the world is kind of crazy right now. There's a lot of fury and anger. The world is changing. Hopefully, please, Lord, for the better. It does feel a whole lot better. But uh, we need to do some nourishing and some healing and some transitioning into a better place with new leaders and new messages and new journeys and new feelings. This is our time. So, yes, I'm traumatized by what I've seen on the news this week. Traumatized by the horror and the anger and the outrage and the hypocrisy and the lies and the screaming. Oh my God, all of it, too much. But I don't want to traumatize you any further because you're already traumatized if you're not in a coma. And you've been walking around in the world or watching the news or anything. You're traumatized right now. So this is the beginning. It's a new year, a new decade. It's time for new things. And that means it's time to throw out the trash. Yes. So this episode today on Raging and Eating with Chef Rossi is all about throwing out the trash. And not only is it about throwing out the trash but it's also about how to make trash delicious. So you knew I was going to make a little twist there. I call it delicious garbage. You know, I think about my mother a lot. Lately I've been thinking about her a lot, actually. And it's interesting because she was quite the hoarder. I mean, it was really embarrassing bringing my friends from Rumson Fairhaven High School. Shout out to you, RFH. But bringing my pals home, it was super embarrassing. So I always had to entertain them on the front porch. And Rumson was and is a very ritzy, rich kind of town. And so the fact that my parents had our camper parked in the driveway really kind of cemented our position as the white trash in town. Other kids had these swank, you know, mini mansions and. We had mm, kind of a middle class house, but we had our camper always parked ready for a white trash voyage somewhere. And one year I figured out that if I ran an electrical cord from the garage to the camper, the El Dorado camper, I think it was a 1972 camper, that I could actually kind of move into the camper and entertain my friends in the camper. And they would never have to know that my mother was a horrifying hoarder. I'm talking like floor to ceiling stuff. Or just little trails around our house. Hundreds and hundreds of mugs from banks that she'd gotten for free for opening Christmas club accounts. Thousands of Kmart placemats. Endless things from the grants going out of business sale. I mean, it just was endless. And yet, if you took one thing, she would know right away Where is my Kmart placemat with the peacock on it? Where is it? She would know. Crazy. So, I started entertaining in the camper. So, it's ironic, knowing what a hoarder my mother was, that she loved to throw out the trash. Sort of a cleansing thing. Because she was a hoarder. But she didn't like garbage. There's a difference. There's a difference between two or three thousand useless trinkets that she'd gotten for free and, you know, like a banana peel. So that's garbage. Whenever we were going anywhere or doing anything, she was always in search of garbage. She always wanted to get rid of it. And she would always kind of have this banshee scream about it. Do you have any garbage? Do you have any garbage? Because I'm going that way. Because I'm going that way. Well, I'm kind of like making it a little more subdued. Honestly, it would break your eardrums the way she said it. So we'd be at some sort of an event, usually an all-you-can-eat buffet. That would be a typical event for my family or an all-you-can-eat pizza fest or Wendy's because she had coupons that were then double value because she had a senior citizen discount even though she wasn't a senior citizen for another 20 years at the time and then she would start wanting to collect our trash do you have any trash because I'm going that way because I'm going that way when I started hanging out with my friend anne shout out to you anne we went to, I think we went to, oh yes, we did, now it comes back to me. We went to something like the Ice Capades. I mean, it was like fancy sort of Broadway dancers on ice, which was right up Amory's alley. It was not up my alley. I was thinking, you know, I'd like to see the Sex Pistols maybe, or the Ramones. I didn't really want to see Broadway on ice, but we we're in this big arena watching this, and Every time anyone did anything, I would say, as I got up, I'd say, Do you have any trash? Because I'm going that way. Because I'm going that way. So I guess, I guess I am my mother, and that's what happens. We become our mother. But these days, throwing out the trash feels all the more important because the world is so full of funk right now. I mean, the infighting and the chazerai and sorus. Why is it that everything that you say in Yiddish really kind of makes you have to spit on the person next to you? So that is not good for a COVID-19. Do not speak Yiddish near other people because you're going to spit in their face. But we're droll like I just did. Isn't that sexy? But the chazerai and the sorus, there's just so much trash to get rid of. In the kitchen, there's always a lot of trash. I know when we're prepping, we could be, you know, recently I was prepping for a a whole giant array of lasagna. We were like in a big lasagna mode. Christmas was all about lasagna this year. And so there were onion peels because we needed chopped onions and garlic peels because we needed minced garlic and tomato ends because we needed diced tomatoes and funky celery ends and leaves because we we needed celery and we needed carrots so there were carrot peels and all of this mishigosh that early in my catering career would have all wound up in the trash. This was years before we knew about compost. Well other people knew about it, but I'm from New Jersey. It took us longer to figure out things like compost. Anyway, but now... All of that stuff, the onion peels and the tomato butts, kind of feels better to say tomato butt than tomato end, and the funky bits of of the celery, the celery leaves, the outer, harder, darker parts of the celery. And when we have peppers, there's like the pepper butts. Well, I like saying that, pepper butt, tomato butt, you know, all this funky stuff. It all winds up in a big batch of vegetable stock. Vegetable stock is an awesome way to make delicious garbage. Plus, I mean, you get free food, basically, because this is something you were just about to throw out. And so we, we make big, giant batches of vegetable stock. And we, when we don't have time to make it, we just keep all the vegetables in a Ziploc bag in the freezer And then when we have time, we make it. And I make vegetable stock a couple of different ways. One way is I just put all my crappy throwaway garbage vegetables that I've just been telling you about in a pot, cover it with water, and I'll throw in some peppercorns because yum, a couple of bay leaves because yum. Sometimes I'll even throw in a couple of coriander seeds because why not? And I'll bring it to a boil for a second, And then lower it to a simmer and just simmer, simmer, simmer forever. You know, hour and a half. Sometimes, if I forget about it, maybe two hours, whatever. Sometimes I leave it boiling for longer than a minute. But basically, I want to extract all of that vegetable goodness and other things that I throw in there that are fantastic are when we are working with portabella mushrooms we always have the portabella stems or any part of mushrooms anything you're not going to use mushrooms love the stock and the stock loves the mushrooms um leeks are fantastic forget about it so Another way that I'll make a vegetable stock is by roasting the vegetables. And that really brings out this kind of awesome caramelized flavor. So I'll put all the vegetables in a baking pan. And sometimes I'll give them a little bit of olive oil just to keep them from sticking to the pan because I'm lazy about washing later on. And another thing I love to do is throw in a can or two of tomato paste in with the vegetables. And I'll roast them till they're nice and brown and then put the whole shebang in a pot and cover it with water and go about making my beautiful vegetable stock. And the roasted vegetables make a nuttier, more caramelized-feeling stock. And tomato paste loves being in a vegetable stock. So do tomatoes, of course. The roasted tomato paste is kind of extra sexy. Same thing I do with my beef stock, by the way. I'll take the beef bones and roast them and give them a little tomato paste. It's just yummy, yummy, yummy in the tummy, tummy, tummy. So once we have all this gorgeous vegetable stock, there's a million things you can do with it. I like to just make as much as I can, use what I want to use, and then freeze the rest and always have it at my disposal other things that are fantastic to throw in there. We're always chopping rosemary and thyme. Thyme loves vegetable stock. Rosemary loves it too, but don't put too much in or you're just going to have a rosemary stock. But we always have those nice stems after we chop up the rosemary. We got these kind of stick parts that are unusable. Throw them in the stock. Scallions love it. Oh, they're so happy in stock. Now, don't think that every single vegetable in the world likes being in a stock. Basically, my rule of thumb is like if you can make coleslaw out of it, don't put it in the vegetable stock. So cabbage, kale, things like that, you know, that's going to kind of turn bitter. Bok choy, any of the cabbage sort of things. After a while, they're going to turn bitter and they're not sexy in a stock. Same thing with like broccoli. I mean, you could sort of make a coleslaw out of broccoli in a way. You know, Brussels sprouts, you know, any sort of cabbagey things. I guess those are the things you're not really supposed to eat. What is the illness that you can't eat those things? If you have colitis, you can't eat that. My mother had that, I know. Didn't stop her, though. Maybe that's why she farted an entire supermarket aisle, which was kind of impressive, but... I'm not going to talk about that right now. So anyway, you get the point about making a nice, sexy vegetable stock. And that is what I call delicious garbage. And once you have a beautiful vegetable stock, there's all kinds of sexy things you can do with it. You're going to make a rice instead of using plain old water with a little salt in it. Now you have a vegetable stock. You're going to make a beautiful curry instead of, I don't know plain old water again, whatever, nothing, you know. Now you can cook it up and add your vegetable stock. I'll saute all my curried vegetables, and then I'll hit it with my ginger and garlic and cumin and coriander and curry and everything else, and, and I'll hit it with my vegetable stock. You're making a carrot soup, you're making any kind of soup, even if it's not a vegetable soup, you can hit it with a vegetable stock. It just makes life so much more delicious. So, If you're ever asked, can you eat, can you eat garbage? Your answer should be yes, I can eat garbage. So you can make a beautiful vegetable stock. Here's another thing I do in the kitchen and I've been doing for years with my garbage desserts. So when we make brownies, we always have the ends of the brownies after we cut the brownies into perfect little squares. And we have cookies all the time and we always have broken and, you know, cracked cookies that we can't serve because they're not looking so sexy because they're broken up. We always have all these kinds of throwaway dessert sort of things. And so I took the idea of a rum ball. Rum ball is kind of a classic dessert. There's a bunch of different recipes for it. And I basically kind of kept that idea in my head. So in the food processor, I throw in all my throwaway desserts, the broken cookies, the ends of the brownies, um, whatever I have. And sometimes I'll also throw in some breakfast cereal because I love me some breakfast cereal. That's like the White Trash Hall of Fame. So I might throw in some cornflakes or some Captain Crunch or some Fruit Loops or whatever I have from my experimenting fun stuff I do. I like Captain Crunch. Put that in, and kind of you wanna puree everything a little bit in the food processor. So now you have a big bowl of pureed crumbs of all these different things. And if I don't feel like it's chocolatey enough, I'll throw in some cocoa powder. And even if I do feel like it's chocolatey enough, I'll throw in some cocoa powder. Then I like to also throw in the food processor any kind of nuts, almonds, pecans, walnuts, whatever. Throw that into the bowl too now everything's gorgeous, but it's kind of dry. You can't really roll it into a ball. So what I do is I mix in condensed milk. That is a very sexy thing. I love me some condensed milk. For a while, I was always trying to figure out what's the difference between evaporated milk and condensed milk. And basically what I've come down to is condensed milk has got a whole lot more sugar in it. So... I guess if you're finding your mix is super sweet, you could do the evaporated milk instead. But I love condensed milk. I love the way it feels in my mouth. It's just a sexy thing. So I hit it with condensed milk, almost as much milk as I have cookie crumbs. And then my favorite part is I hit it with a few good shots of rum. And, you know, in my case, I hit it with a lot more rum than most people do because I, I like rum. And then I drink a little bit of the rum, too. Now, I've also hit it with Bailey's Irish Cream. I've hit it with whiskey. Jack Daniel's, yes. Jack Daniel Balls. Why not? That doesn't sound quite right, Jack Daniel's Balls, but um, Jack Daniel Balls. Okay, well, I won't go any further because this is kind of a family show. But you get your nice, wet, mushy, fabulous concoction And you want it to be wet, but you want it to be firm so you can roll it into balls. You roll it into balls, and then what I do then is roll it into coconut, just beautiful coconut that you get any grocery store, you know, coconut flakes. I prefer the sweetened coconut, but I guess if your concoction is sweet enough, you could do the unsweetened coconut. And then at that point, I basically lay it on parchment paper and I keep it in the freezer until I'm ready to serve it. When I'm ready to serve it, I put it out on a big dessert display. And that is another example of garbage you can eat. So if someone says, well, you can't eat garbage, just say, I beg to differ, sir. As a matter of fact i just made a beautiful rice pilaf with a vegetable stock that i made entirely out of garbage and for dessert we're gonna have jack daniels balls i mean rum balls well you know what i mean which i made entirely out of garbage and so there there was one time i was making the rum balls and i almost uh, i had a very little in terms of cookies so I had some vanilla wafers, and the vanilla wafers you'll always see in rum ball recipes because they're not too sweet, and it's kind of nice to have a cookie that's not too sweet if you're going to add this other sweet stuff to it, like the condensed milk and the cocoa powder and, you know, all that other good stuff. Convection or sugar isn't bad either. So if you start out with only super sweet cookies and then you add all that, then you have something that's almost too much of a good thing but so this one particular day i didn't have the manila wafers and i wanted to throw in something that wasn't that sweet and i didn't know what to do and i came upon a big old box of checks mix you know a Chex cereal i forget i think it was like the buckwheat flavored one or whatever anyway it was a Chex cereal and i threw that in and it was fantastic i think i'm going to do that from now on kind of reminds me another one of my great loves was the white trash mix did you ever make that basically take like three or four kinds of breakfast cereal but a czech's breakfast cereal is kind of has to be there and maybe like captain crunch and something else kind of fun like fruity pebbles or fruit loops or something and m&ms and then you want to melt some chocolate like traditionally it'll be an almond bark or something like that and you melt it in the microwave but I don't have a microwave because it reminds me too much of my mother's cooking I'll talk about that in a second but you melt the chocolate whatever chocolate you're using and you mix the whole thing up you press it down and let it get nice and firm and then you break it into pieces and give it to people and it's I believe it's just called white trash mix which is why I fell in love with it I just assumed when I heard it, that they were talking about me. Speaking of which, I just gotta tell you the story. On Christmas Day, yes, on Christmas Day, I was walking across the street and there was a large truck coming. And so I kinda had the right of way, but the light was just about to change and so I wasn't quite sure what to do. So I paused and he looked at me and I looked at him and he kind of wanted me to go, and so I started to go, but then he sort of didn't realize I was going to go, so he started to go, and I stopped, and then he stopped, and I got across the street. I'm like, I don't know what's going on here, but that's a big truck, and I'm not a big girl. Not as big as a truck anyway. So I, I waved at him, and off he went. Merry Christmas. And after he went, you know, there's a car behind him, like a kind of cheapo 1980s which was like blaring uh, some sort of... I didn't even know what the music was. It sounded like... Kind of like hillbilly music, to tell you the truth. But not that there's anything wrong with hillbilly music. As I said, I love my white trash roots, even if they're from New Jersey, not Kentucky. But he, he starts beeping and beeping, and the truck pulls away, and I'm on the other side of the street, and he zooms past me, and he screams... White trash. Now, I'm proudly white trash, but no one ever called me that before. It's one of those things where, like, I can call myself that. But I I didn't know how to feel. And then I didn't react quickly enough, so he, he zoomed past me, and I screamed, Merry Christmas, at the top of my lungs. I don't want to break your ears. But after he zoomed off, I thought, you know, it was the one day that entire week that I was not dressed white trash. I was wearing my diesel jacket and it looked kind of hip to tell you the truth, not remotely white trash. So I felt a little bit offended for a second. But then another second went by and I embraced it. Embraced it in a huge way. And I thought, you know what? I'm Jewish and I love it. I'm gay and I love it. I'm white trash in my soul and I love it. And the vast majority of my catering clients love it too. They love that I crust fried chicken and Captain Crunch. They love that. You know, they love that I serve peanut butter and bacon sandwiches as an hors d'oeuvre. So why not roll in it and embrace who you are? So as we now enter 2021. Thank God 2020 is gone. So can we all just agree, if you're listening to me, can we just throw 2020 out like a big old stinking pile of garbage? Because honestly, it was a crappy year. I'm not saying good things didn't happen in 2020. I made some beautiful food. I ate some beautiful food. I, you know had some romance. I had some fun. I did some writing. I started this podcast and got to know you a little better and you got to know me a little better. And maybe you've been quarantining and loving your wife like you never have before, you know, and loving your children and spending time with them like you never have before. I have a good friend of mine who's spending time with her mother like she never has before. And other friends who are spending time with their pets like they never have before. And my buddy Jose has been entertaining his children like he never has before. So we we have had time in 2020 because of the pandemic. But aside from that, hundreds and thousands of people dying and people sick and terrible losses to our economy and jobs lost and beautiful restaurants closed forever. And oh my God, Sammy's Romanian on Christie Street, the most fantastic place to eat chopped liver and drink frozen vodka and danced with total strangers to really cheesy borscht belt music, is closing, has closed. And the owner says they're going to reopen, but you know what? That dingy, dank basement, you know, that was all the charm of the place. It reminds me of the 2nd Avenue Deli. 2nd Avenue Deli was fantastic. When well, it was on 2nd Avenue and 10th Street, and there was an 80 something year old waitress with a big bouffant in her hair who told you really cheesy, cheesy jokes. I brought my father there once, and she came over to the table and asked him what he wanted, and he's like, Whatever you will suggest. And she said, Where there's a will, there are relatives. And off she went. She was fabulous and the pastrami to die for even better than Katz's deli i'm sorry but it was the second avenue deli left the east village one of the great pioneering fabulous eateries of the east village when the east village was very dangerous and when 10th street and second avenue was really tough and it reopened years later on east 33rd street not on second avenue and the pastrami is good but it it's not the same. It's not the same magic. So, I don't know what's going to happen to Sammy's Romanian when it comes back. But I'm going to miss that dump on Christie Street. Oh my God, we had fun there. Dancing around to really cheesy music. It's the kind of place you could go to and listen to, like, roses are red, my love, or violets are blue. You get the point. I went there for Hanukkah last year. It was a blast. And you get wasted on that frozen vodka, let me tell you. But it does take you about three or four days to digest that food. I mean, they have a big pitcher of schmaltz on the table. That's rendered chicken fat, by the way. You're just pouring chicken fat on your food. Can you believe that? Talk about delicious garbage. So the show today I'm going to call Delicious Garbage... Don't forget to throw out the trash or to cook it or to eat it. Anyway, I'll play around with that. So this is Rossi, better known as Chef Rossi. Wherever you go and whatever you do, be kind to yourself. Try to roll a little love around the world right now because things are feeling rocky. And just remember, food is love and so are you. And don't forget, to eat the garbage. Have a delicious day.